there are certain moments and words that shaped a new era in pro wrestling. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Brett screwed Brett. Die, Rocky, die. Suck it! Introducing the Book of Wrestling, 25 catchphrases that explain the Attitude Era. Tune in as we relive one of the most exciting, intense, and over-the-top times in WWE. With new interviews, with the voices that made the promos, calls, and catchphrases into history. Listen now. It's the Full Go, presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filtered by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every, that's right, every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser, but I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I wanna wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC Pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. Chicago everywhere. Check it. It's not enough Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jason Goff is here. Well, I'm at Full Go. The Full Go Podcast. The Full Go. Bears, Bulls, White Sox, Cubs, and Blackhawks. Our man, Jason Goff. Three times a week with Jason Goff. His mood is elevated. <laughs> he is feeling good. Jason, I'm loving the Full Go. Love the Full Go. The Full Go. The Full Go. Welcome to Full Go with Jason Goff. That is what I'm talking about. Talking about. What up, world? You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Yeah. yeah. I don't have much in me. You know what I'm saying? Don't, don't, don't leave me bereft of the greatest content before you hit record. So tell me more. You're going to the gym more these days. Yeah, I just started going back after taking a, like a little break between moving um, yeah. places. And my, my whole body hurts it, to get up, <laughs> to sit down. And I live yeah. on the second floor and we went grocery you shopping the after the gym. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it was a lot of up and down steps. A lot of it took me about 20 minutes to get up the steps. It was only two flights, but you know what? It is what it is. If I'm hey. sore, that means I'm doing something right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, whatever you got to tell yourself, bro. Whatever, exactly. You know, like, exactly. All, all, we, all, all we do is, is lie to ourselves just to make ourselves feel a little bit better. And then you sit with your... Your, your real truth, you know, on a hot summer day in Los Angeles when you're staring down into that vast oasis that is your belly button and you're wondering, God damn, I really wish I'd have put more time into the gym. These are the times right now, Mr. Lopez, where you're figuring out what you really need to do. So yeah. don't get deterred. 
Don't be deterred, my man. You know, it's, it's going to be worth it in the long run. And oh, I'm definitely. telling you, I'm telling you all that shit as a person who uh, doesn't want to sniff the gym. I fucked around and moved where I moved to. It's a gym three minutes away. I, all right. I, 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 I I think my $100 a month or whatever I pay to them, I think that alone should get me in the better shape, to be honest with you. And every morning <laughs> that I wake up and I look Just into that mirror. Just sleep. Yeah, yeah. And I look in that mirror and I'm like, you know what, man? That gym membership ain't paying off, you know? I've been hooping a lot more with my friends, right? So Saturday mornings we go hoop. Sunday mornings we go hoop. I've been looking for a midweek game. I got so desperate now that I've, I've thrown it out there to people in the Twitter sphere. Oh, that's uh, dangerous. If you gotta, yeah, if you got to <laughs> No, well, this is the thing. I've, I've gotten a couple of really good runs messing around like that. And, you nice. Know, you're not going to show up anywhere. If I show up anywhere and there's 10 dudes willing to whoop my ass, then I, that's something that I deserve that ass whooping, to be honest with you. <laughs> like, some ass whoopings I earned and some are just stumbled upon, but yeah, you deserved it as well. So that would be one of them. If I pull up into a game that someone is inviting me to and all of a sudden they decide that they're going to whoop me, then, you know, hey, it was my time to get whooped. But, hey, man, continue uh, your, your discipline. Continue going to the gym. You're going to feel better Trying. about yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, the last thing we want to do this this summer is be the fat dudes around the pool with your shirt on. You know what I mean? Like, we, we've allowed these men to walk around and shame us chest-wise over the last, I don't know, decade plus for all the Husky fellas out here. You know what I mean? Yep, that was me Just, growing up, definitely. I'll admit hey, that. Hey, mm -hmm. listen, listen. You know, listen, you earn those boobs, okay? So now what we're going to do <laughs> Is we're going to reshape them, we're going to resculpt them. And exactly. this summer, Jesse Lopez is not only going to be the active Jesse Lopez, but he's going to be the Jesse Lopez signed shirt. All right? Mm. So, ladies, you, you, got, you got something to behold this summer. All right, where we at? What, what episode is this, my man? Episode 88. All right, episode 88 of the Full Go Podcast with Jason Goff. Of course, you already heard from the active Jesse Lopez, becoming more and more active as the days go by. We got our shadowy figure, uh, man, the, the man, the myth, the legend, Steve Cerruti somewhere lurking, making sure that we're not doing anything that we're not supposed to be doing. And then if not, we'll just report to Dollar Bill ourselves. So you got to understand, we're in episode 88 of this podcast, and probably for about 84, 85 of them, I have poured over and been anxiety riddled and, and filled with, oh, what am I going to talk about? What, what, what are we going to get into? What should I be reading right now? How many games do I have to consume this day or this weekend? Baseball season is around the corner. Start to bone up like you've never boned up before, golf, because it's you and you alone flying that ship on the beautiful mothership that is the Full Go podcast. But these last few pods, I've actually just let the, the content happen around me and not try to force it, not try to figure out what it is that you guys want to hear about. I'm just talking about what I like to talk about. And I appreciate everybody out there giving me the room to do so because that's the room that I'm going to ask for these next, I don't know, five minutes and that'll turn into 15. So just, just, just sit back, relax, and strap it down, as my man Hawk Harrelson would say. You know, two years ago, while going over draft prospect footage, while watching all the things that you, I needed to watch to get ready for the draft, not last year's draft, but the year before that, and thinking going into it that the Bulls were going to get the sixth pick because of where the lottery balls would fall percentage-wise, numbers-wise, it, it was coming out to, to be somewhere around the sixth pick. 
And the Bulls hadn't added DeMar DeRozan. They hadn't added Lonzo Ball. Hell, they hadn't even added Nikola Vucevic yet, right? Because that's why this the subject of my conversation had to change his number from 9 to 44. But pouring over all of that draft content, you know, asking guys around the league, uh, talking to people who were in you know, Big 12 basketball, Big 10 basketball, ACC basketball, the ACC network especially, just trying to figure out who would be available and which player I thought would be best suit the Bulls coming into that draft. For me, it was Tyrese Halliburton, and I made no bones about it. Anybody who would listen to me any time I was in front of a microphone or on a phone doing a hit, whether it be here in the city or anywhere across the nation who wanted to know about Bulls draft thoughts. I was there for you, and I had Tyrese Halliburton at the tip of my tongue because I thought Tyrese Halliburton was the plug-and-play, most-ready dude in that spot, you know, outside of the top two or three picks in that spot. Because if you weren't going to get Alonzo, you weren't going to get James Wiseman, right? You weren't going to get Anthony Edwards. Don't worry yourself. Now you get to that second tier, that group where the, that everybody had ranked a tier below. And for me, Tyrese Halliburton was that guy. Because Tyrese Halliburton was a point guard who would also be able to, I thought, coming into the league, be able to guard uh, two guards and point guards alike. So the toughest cover, whoever Zach Levine was cooking that night, the toughest cover would probably slide over to Tyrese Halliburton and have his hands full with him for the fourth quarter, whatever the case may be. Or you wouldn't have to do it for three quarters because Zach Levine would be cooking and you could put a guy on him. And then in the fourth quarter, Zach Levine can get his defensive bona fides up. And next thing you know, he's an all-NBA player. I had it all slotted out in my mind. And then the Bulls get the fourth pick overall. And we're talking about who they're going to get, what's going to happen here. Denny Avdia, is it going to be, you know, is it going to be Tyrese Halliburton, what, Killian Hayes? Where were they going to go? And Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley with their very first draft pick in their campaign or their run or their regime or their era of Bulls basketball was a 19-year-old kid. I believe just turned, if not just turned 19, was still 18. 18 and 19-year-old kid out of Florida State who came off the bench for Leonard Hamilton Seminoles. So when this draft pick was put in, and when I had figured out, okay, there's no Tyrese Halliburton, they're shooting bigger than this, they are taking a huge swing. If there was a swing to take out of the top three of Wiseman, Edwards, Ball, okay, you didn't get those top three now, all of a sudden, how are you going to make your money in this league? Who, who are you telling me is going to be the foundational corner piece in this draft outside of those three names that we had already slotted one, two, three. And Arturis and Mark said it was going to be this kid with the blonde streak in his fro, you know, with, 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 with the six foot nine, six foot eight height, the measurables off the charts, 230 pounds. I mean, the, the huge hands. And then I went back and watched some of that tape, watching him run pick and roll as a power forward in college, watching him do things. I'm talking about the ball handler in the pick and roll action as a power forward in college, not the receiver, not the, not the roller, not the popper, not the fader. I'm talking about the guy initiating the offense. That's what he was doing for Leonard Hamilton. And then you see him play throughout his first season, and you go, okay, there's, there's, some, there's some shit here. There's something that you could work with here. But there was too many instances where Patrick Williams, and that's what we're talking about, where Patrick Williams just blended into the scenery. He blended into the background. He didn't act like a fourth pick in the draft should act. He didn't move 
in terms of aggressiveness because he moves like a professional player. He moves like a dude who you know has the skill to separate himself from the rest of these dudes out here. But he didn't act like it. Fast forward to this year. He breaks his wrist. You don't see him for most of the season. You get him for about 10 games at the end of this season. And all I was thinking was, damn, this is getting close to that Laurie marketing territory where you don't know what, a, what you got in, a, in an asset before you got to either pay him or trade him. Patrick Williams is an outstanding basketball talent. Outstanding. No two ways about it. And what you saw tonight, and we're, we're recording uh, shortly after the Minnesota Timberwolves win, 124 to 120 in Minneapolis, final game of the regular season. What you saw tonight is a kid get a career high, 35 points, when nobody else was out there with him. No Zach Levine, no Alex Caruso, no DeMar DeRozan, no Nikola Vucevic, no Lonzo Ball, no Kobe White. It was Ayo DeSumo and Patrick Williams playing basketball out there against the Minnesota Timberwolves for 40-plus minutes for both of those guys. And we're going to talk about Ayo because he had himself a career high as well. And Kendall Gill and Will Perdue and I are just sitting there talking about it in the end of the third quarter, beginning of the fourth quarter, like, damn, man, if this dude could do this every night. And I'm going to tell y'all where I'm at with it. As the guy who dubbed him Baby Kawhi, as the guy who couldn't wait for this to be the next next iteration of Bulls basketball, the future, right? This This is what it's supposed to be. You pay the guys who are here. And then you draft the guys who are going to take over for the paid guys when they no longer are returning the dividends that you would like for a high-ticket item. Hate to put it like that, but that's how, that's how front offices look at it, right? You're looking at Lonzo Ball right now. Please believe Ayo DeSumo is waiting in the wings to take that gig. When you pay guys and you draft guys, you hopefully develop those guys so that you, you can start to pay them and not have to pay the guys who are older. That's how it's supposed to go. Patrick Williams is one of those guys that if he puts it together, and that's the part, man, because the ifs get people fired. The ifs get a lot of people fired. But if this dude could put it together, I, there, there is no me not believing in Patrick Williams' talent. It's right there for you. Patrick Williams got 21 shots tonight. He went to the line 14 times. A dude took over a game, and, and mind you, against the Minnesota Timberwolves without Carl Anthony Towns, without D'Angelo Russell, right? Without, you know, Anthony Edwards played a little bit, but Anthony wasn't in there in the, in the crunch time moments. He wasn't in there a lot in the second half. But he went out there against NBA players who would try to prove something, just like in the summer league when the ball was force-fed to him until he had his ankle injury. Patrick Williams is a phenomenal talent, phenomenal talent. But the same question remains. If you have to emphasize to him over and over and over again his importance, what can you do with that? And I think Bulls fans are stuck in the middle here of wanting something and understanding what it is and watching it. Man, that dude did shit tonight. Drop steps. A Euro, he hit a Euro step on Josh Okogie, who's one of the better young defenders in the NBA. Josh Okogie bounced off of him. Josh Okogie has been in the professional ranks now for a few years plus. He's gotten his money. He is already used to weight training on a professional level, dieting on a professional level, and that makes, that makes a difference. When you're doing this against kids, it's different. But when you're doing this against dudes who have already got that, that first payday, 
who've already understood what their lot in NBA life is, not trying to figure out what a role is coming out of college and like, okay, I still should be scoring 20. Nah, Josh Okoge knows that he's going to get paid in, the, in this league for the next 10 years as a defender. That man was bouncing off of Patrick Williams. Patrick Williams putting the ball on the floor, getting a bunch of hockey assists out there tonight. Like, it, that was a game where if this was the 20 and 62 Bulls, right? If this was a Bulls team who drafted him fourth overall because they ain't got nobody else on the team, no Zach, no DeMar, no Lonzo, no Kobe, right? No Vooch, no Alex Caruso. If Patrick Williams was forced to be the best player on an NBA team, this is what a few of those nights would look like. And we'd see the natural progression of a young player uh, the way we see it around the league when it's not on your favorite squad. Like, you're out there watching the Houston Rockets and looking at what Jalen Green is doing on a nightly basis, right? Like, you're watching what Evan Mobley's doing. You're watching what Scotty Barnes is doing, but you're doing it from afar. And some of those players have situations where they're the best player on the team or one of the more important players on the team. And then other teams got, got you insulated from the nonsense. Like, Scotty Barnes is going to the playoffs in his first year in the NBA as a vital part, an integral part of a team, but also, you got Fred Van Vliet, you got Pascal Siakam, you got Nick Nurse, you got that pedigree of winning a championship from a few years ago. That's a veteran, tough, battle-tested squad. Jalen Green and those boys out in Houston just trying to figure it out on the run. So Patrick Williams has the, the opportunity to not only play on a team with high expectations, therefore learning from veterans and learning from people who have had deep playoff runs, but he's also on a team where they need him. And that's the part that pisses me off is because they need him and they know he knows they need him. But you got to remind him too often. What I saw tonight would make the Bulls an Eastern Conference contender on the spot if he was, and I'm not saying getting his career high every night, but if he was that aggressive, if he was that forceful, if he was that, and I'm talking about on the offensive end, deferring and, and making sure that other guys and other veterans eat, yeah, man, that's not it. That's not his lot in NBA life. And you look around the league, guys are out here putting it up. I mean, Obi Toppin had 40 and 10 tonight. I believe he's averaging something like 27 and 6 since Julius Randle was, uh, since starting for Julius Randle, right? So this is the end of the year where guys are supposed to be uh, blossoming, right, a little bit more, blooming a little bit more. Second year in the league, everybody's looking at you, okay, what you got? Especially if you're not on the playoff team. But if you're Patrick Williams and you've missed the entire year damn near because of that broken wrist and you come back and you've played the way he's played, especially over these last seven games, there's no more reminders that are necessary. We're going to find out if it's in him or not. I pray it is as a Bulls fan and as a person who gets the chance to watch him on a nightly basis. I, dude, I got the best job on the planet, and I, and I appreciate what I do, right? Because I get a chance to watch dudes and girls live their dreams, right? And also get to live my dream while watching them do so. So I'm not some fucking hater out here trying to, you know, make it seem like, oh, I don't believe in him. No, I do believe in Patrick Williams, but I also believe in everything that he's shown me so far as well. So if it's just youth, then the time's running out because you only get a few years to, de to decide who you are and what you are in the NBA before a team has to pay you. I don't think it's just youth. I think he is an outstanding young kid who is um, deferential at times, too much so. I think he is a, a young professional. By the, like, there were things he was doing out there today where 
you fundamentally his his foundation fundamentally is outstanding. I'm talking about the rip throughs, the triple threat positions, the pump fakes, damn near on every single move, right? Like the things that he does, where it's like if you were teaching someone how to play basketball, you would show them how much he's absorbed in the short amount of time that he's been playing it. So I don't know if this is a Patrick Williams appreciation segment or a Patrick Williams enigma segment, but seemingly they're one and the same since he's been drafted to the Chicago Bulls. And guess what? Tonight's career high doesn't clear things up for us any more than you thought they should or would. We still have the same questions. Hopefully, he's got those answers come playoff time. Time for some commercials. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. Bulls talk with Jason Goff on the full goal. Flies in with a two-handed slam dunk. Brought to you by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Hey, along with Patrick Williams, Io DeSumo, outstanding tonight. I mean, he had seven turnovers. Don't get me wrong. That's way too damn many. He had actually a stretch where he turned the ball over four straight times and Billy Donovan had to call a timeout and say, hey, man, get your ass over here. What the, what the hell are you doing out here? What kind of... Kind of wild bullshit is on your head that you're running around turning the ball over four straight times knowing damn well Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan ain't out here to save us. We have to play fundamental basketball, sir. And he went back out there and he had himself a terrific game. Ayo Desumu gets a career high in points tonight as well, 26, along with Patrick Williams getting his career high in 35. Um, all, all guns are blazing now. All this regular season fun is over with. The Bulls have the Milwaukee Bucks in the first round of the playoffs. Y'all know what that means. The Bulls will probably be out of the playoffs in five or six games. Um, Weird, crazy things have happened. So I'm not going to say it's 100%, but this, I mean, we've seen how the Bulls have played against the best teams in the Eastern Conference. I right now think the Milwaukee Bucks are the best team in the Eastern Conference, period. So their own full mark and them getting beat by a margin of 14.8 points per game through the four games this regular season kind of tells you where the Bulls are at. I, I don't foresee this thing going very long, but it's how it goes. That's important to me. The fight that needs to be in this team, the fight that they need to show. And also, the best game to take is game one, especially in a series where you're outmatched, you know, the underdog, whatever you want to call it. it their place was at Fiserv Forum. That place is going to be going crazy that first game. That's going to be the first game to what is their run or their hope to run to back-to-back championships and put Giannis Antetokounmpo in a place in NBA history that very few people, you know, put him at a table that very few people can sit at. So they may be looking ahead a little bit. The best game to grab is game one. But that means that Nikola Vucevic is going to have to play like an all-star center. Brooke Lopez is back. His back is no longer hurting him. He is out here balling. Uh, Top to bottom, the Milwaukee Bucks, I think, are the deepest team in the Eastern Conference. I think they're going to face off against the Phoenix Suns once again in the finals. And I think think the the Milwaukee Bucks are going to, to return as champions. They're going to repeat. So it starts with the Bulls. I think this will be a good test for the Bulls. 
Uh, but Nikola Vucevic, like this is this is nut cutting season for a lot of a lot of dudes on this team. This team, I think, is going to look a little bit different this year, especially the way next year I should say, especially the way that they finish this year. And you know, I think Vooch is that guy that's directly in the spotlight right now. I mean, DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine ain't going nowhere. Patrick Williams ain't going nowhere. Kobe White ain't, well, who knows if Kobe White's going somewhere or not, but Io DeSumo ain't going nowhere. Lonzo Ball is coming back off a knee injury. Alex Caruso is a guy that seems integral to the culture that you want to set on this team, especially defensively. The one guy who this series is so important for, and it, it may be, you know, it may be a fait accompli, but the one guy who needs to examine his his importance and reemphasize his importance, especially offensively to this team, is Nikola Vucevic. The Bulls don't have a chance in this series if Vuce plays the way he's played the last couple of weeks of this season. Not a chance. Vuce's got to get people in foul trouble. He's got to get to the line. He's got to pass out of double teams, make sure teams don't just you know zone up a team like the Bulls who don't take a lot of three-point shots. He's also got to make sure that he's not clogging the lanes for guys like Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan off of pick-and-roll options. Like, these are the things that have to be paramount if the Bulls are going to compete with this Milwaukee Bucks team who's gunning for a second straight NBA championship. But there it is. Io with the career high and Vooch. And, and I'm going to keep it funky with y'all. You see all these dudes that didn't play tonight, I thought Vooch was one of the dudes who should have played. You talk about Patrick Williams getting that aggressive look going into the playoffs and force-feeding him shots, force-feeding him opportunities. Yeah, a dude who I would have loved to see force-fed a couple of opportunities and made to feel like a big man again while Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan weren't playing was Nikola Vucevic. Like, I think Nikola Vucevic, 35, were, was, was going to be as important or more, or not, um, I should say, more important than the 35 that Patrick Williams got. Because Vooch has to understand how, how damn important he is and where he needs to get his points and where he needs to play and how forceful and physical uh, he needs to be going into these playoffs. So I wouldn't have been mad at Vooch playing in this final game. And I know it probably would have showed him up because all the other veterans and all the other key figures got themselves a rest. But guess what? Ain't nobody earned a rest. Nobody's earned a rest on this team, especially these last couple of weeks. And I know it wouldn't have changed the standings for you at all, but it would have changed the feeling. So we'll see. We'll see. I think Vooch knows the mission. I think the, the rest of the Bulls team understands the mission. And we'll see if they can accomplish that mission in about a week or so from now. Hey, guys, this is Ozzy Guillen, and you are listening to the full goal with Jason Goff on the ringer in a spot five. Hey, shout out to baseball being back. And, and shout out to, I, I don't know what other way to put it, but shout out to you people out there who go watch baseball in the cold. Like, y'all are a different breed of fan. And yes, I said you people. It's a different vibe. I, I'll never forget, I went to go see Matt Harvey and Jake Arrieta play an early season game not too long ago, a few years back. And it was like 37 degrees, 38 degrees at Wrigley Field. Um, Lynn Casper had, had thrown me the seats. I hit Lynn up. I, I usually don't ask people for tickets, but every once in a while I'll ask for some tickets or try to sneak out to a game if it's a good pitcher's duel or whatever the case may be. And that was that was when Matt Harvey was, you know, um, Matt Harvey, right? Back when he was with the Mets, keeping his nose clean, no pun intended. And that was when Jake Arrieta 
was uh, Jake Arrieta. So it was a game I had to get out to. And four innings in, right? <laughs> I looked over to my date at the time, and I was like, uh, I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> I don't need to be here anymore. And if you want to go, that's cool, because I'd like to go now. In fact, we shouldn't have done this, you know? Like, baseball is one of those sports that, of course, it makes you feel like the, the good weather is coming and, you know, people are going to be outside, it's going to be sunny, beers are going to be flowing, people are going to be singing, you know, white anthems like Sweet Caroline or, you know, Take Me Out to the Ball Game or whatever the case may be, or some Dropkick Murphy song. You know, you can fill in the blank somewhere there. Maybe a, 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 a nerve, not a Nirvana, because shout out to them, but maybe like a, a Pearl Jam, because everybody loves Eddie Vedder. You know, all Cubs fans love Eddie Vedder. He's become like the official famous Cubs person, right? Like John Cusack and and and, and Belushi weren't doing, I guess, the fandom proud enough. So they, they adopted Eddie Vedder as their dude. Yeah, like that's what you think of when you think of baseball and summertime fun, right? But what's happening now, for the Sox fans who went out to Detroit... <laughs> To go watch a baseball series. Shout out to y'all. Like, staying home and watching Cubs Brewers is, you know, next level dedication in, in 35, 40 degree weather. But it was nice out there today, though. Right? It was about 50, 52 degrees. By the way, shout out to Van Latham, who uh, is in the city of Chicago. Uh, you can catch him with Rachel Lynn Lindsay on uh, Higher Learning, the Higher Learning podcast right here on the Ringer Network of podcasts. You catch them, obviously, like you catch us on Spotify. Van was in the city for the first time, I believe, somewhere, something like that. If he hadn't been in the city for the first time, I think he said it was, uh, he was, you know, he had breezed through here, like you know, some layover or a couple hours type vibes. But he's been in the city for a week now, so he's been enjoying it. I've been enjoying watching his Twitter feed comment on certain Chicago happenings and the weather, right? Somebody broke out the jet skis on Lake Michigan today and, and Van threw it up on uh, on Instagram saying, I can't believe this is happening. No, 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 Van. Trust me. This is this is happening because it's a bunch of crazy motherfuckers that can't wait to go watch baseball in 40-degree weather as well. And they got rewarded. If you drove your ass out to Detroit as a Sox fan, you got rewarded because you won the series. If you took your tail on out to Wrigley Field to go watch the Cubs and the Brewers, you got rewarded because they won the series. And what I want to say about the Sox series is this. You know, the Giolito injury, it, it just felt like the baseball guys kicking you in the rocks just once again. Like, all right, you're never going to have a fully healthy team. You didn't start the year like that. And we're going to, we're gonna, you know, uh, piecemeal you to death by, all right, Yoan Moncada's out. All right, now Lucas Giolito's out with an abdominal strain. Uh, we kind of figured that this would happen, though, right? I mean, you only get like three weeks of spring training in. There's a reason why it's as long as it is, because pitchers are going to go through a dead arm period in these next couple of starts here uh, like they would in the middle of spring training, and then they get their arm back. What you don't like to see is some of these soft tissue issues or some of these pulls, some of these strains, because that means guys who are out of shape got forced into quick shape and their body is now reacting to it. Lucas Giolito was terrific until he had to come out in game one of the series. And this is, by the way, these are two series, uh, two games in the beginning of this series without Tim Anderson. You get Tim Anderson, the third game in the series, you go off for a 10-run explosion on a Tigers team that I think is going to be pretty damn good. Like, the people have been talking about how they're like a dark horse kind of vibe. No, I think they're going to forget a dark horse. That, that team's going to, I think, challenge for the AL Central. And the, the White Sox, who had some... Uh, 
you know, some early season bullpen, I won't say issues, but, you know, there was some some eyebrows raised at the Liam Hendricks, you know, pitching an inning and a third uh, coming in early for Tony LaRusso in game one of that, well, that one. And, of course, A.J. Pollock getting off to the terrifically hot start. Oh, the, oh by the way, that's another way that the, the baseball guy's kicking you in the rocks because A.J. Pollock comes in here off the trade, you know, drops in, hits everything in sight, and has a weird field in play uh, in game one. Then all of a sudden, he has to leave as well, right? So, you know, and, and thank God for Andrew Vaughn because Andrew Vaughn, all he's done is, is pinch hit, and, and, you know, platoon right field his way into your hearts. And if that dude gets 450 plate appearances, that cat is going to hit 25-plus home runs. It's as simple as that. So they've got some guys, and they've got some depth, but you, you hate to see that depth uh, touch this early in the season. And as far as the Cubs are concerned, man, hey, Suzuki has landed. You, if you want a fan base to get behind something that, that might seem um, – packaged and prepared and marketed extremely well. By the way, Seiya Suzuki is a ball player. Like, let's not get it twisted. Like, he's not some ball player. Like, he's not just some dude who's uh, some novelty act and, and you're just gonna, you know, you're gonna have him on the t-shirts out there during this summer at Wrigley Field just saying his name all wrong. No, no, no. That dude could, he could play. He could play. He, he is, he is a, he is a, a damn good baseball player. But the, the Cubs, the, the the Cubs, you know, that 70-72 win mark that, that people are projecting them for, I, I see the Cubs bouncing around all season long around that 500 mark. I see them being around like a 75, 76, 77 game, uh, you know, winning team. And it's it's when you do a rebuild, you think, all right, we're just going to have a bunch of guys out there who aren't going to be a part of the future. But not with this Cubs team. There's some people who are going to be a part of the future out there right now. Right, like it may not be Frank the Tank Schwindel three or four years from now, but I mean, what you're getting from Patrick Wisdom, especially last year, coming into this year, and how you feel about him going forward. How long will Wilson Contreras be at the backstop? In the time that you have him, in the time that he is a Cub, he's still one of the better catchers in Major League Baseball. And you know, Justin Steele. I mean, you're you're finding things out about guys who are going. Next time you you are a, a viable commodity, a viable entity in Major League Baseball in the National League playoff picture. A guy like Justin Steele might be around. And you got yourself a do rag, dude. Like let's let's not get it twisted. Black baseball is well and alive on the North Side because not only do you have Jason Hayward, who is still, as a lot of my Cub fan friends uh, love to point out, now is still riding on the fact that he, uh, he he gave a speech during the uh, rain delay against the Cleveland Indians, and that spurred them on to a 2016 World Series title. And, you know, other than that, that $130 million, you know, he's playing some terrific defense out there for you, but you know, I can only imagine what would have happened if that speech would have happened and they would have lost that World Series and how bad people would be going in on Jason Hayward. But uh, winning a World Series cures all ills. But black baseball is a well in lot is well and alive because my man Marcus Stroman is out there. I believe he had the white do rag and and for all of you people out there who want like culture and baseball and the mix of it and and the intersection and the crossroads of it, my girl Shakia Taylor Shake is outstanding with this. Right, you just I think she's at Curly Afro on Twitter. Right? And if I messed up her. Uh, her, her Twitter feed, her name is Shakia Taylor. She is she is terrific, right? She writes for a, a ton of different publications. Uh, most recently, she did a piece on The Eater, uh, in The Eater, I should say, uh, about Harold's Chicken, and she interviewed me. So that's why I'm shouting her out, too, because, you know, I'm uh, 
I am uh, I'm very vain and I want you to experience everything that I have to say on every single platform. So make sure you go check out that eater column on Harold's Chicken. But no, Shake, she did a whole thing about Marcus Stroman's do-rags while he was in New York Met. And all of a sudden he becomes a Chicago Cub. So now we got to see the different colored do-rags. And I can't wait for the do-rag phenomenon to be explained to our white brethren out there at Wrigley Field, right? Like some some old blue-haired lady who's 85 years old and, and remembers, you know, <laughs> remembers like Ernie Banks and all of them back in the day, Billy Williams and, and Fergie Jenkins. She goes to 50 games every summer, right? She's she's a bleacher bum. She 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 knows none of the cultural references because she doesn't have to, because she doesn't, you know, it never it never invades her area. Well, guess what? Guess what, Marge, right? Guess what, Ethel? Guess what's happening? This is a do-rag. <laughs> How would you wear yours? Oh, this is what we're going to have to have happen out there. We got to get the old ladies in do-rags every time Marcus Stroman pitches. Somebody chop this up and send this to somebody else. Damn it, Jesse, we don't stumble upon genius too often on this goddamn podcast, but I think we did just now. This reminds <laughs> me of when Manny, got, Manny Ramirez got traded to the Dodgers and the Dodgers sold like fake braids. Like oh, there you grades go. With the yeah. with like a bandana yeah. with the yeah. LA. Yeah. I bought some. They're, they're gone yeah. now because they got wrecked. Jo- but that reminds me exactly of that. I could see something like that happening. Shit, Jordan Clarkson bought some, right? And he wears them like every other game as a Utah Jazz player. I know when Jordan's going convertible and when he's throwing the extensions in. You think I don't see you, Jordan? Everybody see you out here, boy. You ain't low. But for real though, that's what we need to do. We need to find hey. For 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 all my white brethren out there, all right. So you can get a do rag at any CVS, any Walgreens, right? It'll probably be in the ethnic section, the the section that smells like cocoa butter, all right. The you know the <laughs> the section you know the the section where they keep all of the malt liquor, right? Like the the, the section where the, the the Tostino pizza rolls are in. All right, there's a special y'all didn't even know this. I'm I'm putting y'all on game right now. There's a special black section in all the Walgreens and all the CVSs in the city of Chicago. And in that section, you will find a do-rag. And if you're wondering how to spell it out there, it's D-U-R-A-G. Okay. Now uh, there there is an application process when it comes to the do-rag. So if we're gonna be putting it on these old white ladies at, at Wrigley at Wrigley Field games, you know. If, are you a flap in kind of girl? Are you a are you a flap out kind of girl? Do you do you like the double knot in the back? Do you like the knot that tied at the front? Right? Are you wearing it like a '90s rapper? Okay. Are you like well, I, I need to know because the do rag phenomenon will be culturally appropriated in no time. If it like if it didn't happen in New York, it's definitely going to happen here in Chicago. You know, the do-rag will be turned into Cinco de Mayo. What y'all did to Cinco de Mayo, and you know who I'm talking to, what y'all did to Cinco de Mayo, that's what's going to happen to the do-rag and Juneteenth. <laughs> but we'll, we'll get to that when we get to that. But seriously, though, I need to see 10 to 15 octogenarians running around with their blue hair covered in Marcus Stroman labeled or, or um, sponsored do-rags. That's what I need from here on out. And that will that and that only will mitigate or rationalize why the hell y'all going outside when it's so damn cold. We'll be back with more of the full goal with Jason Goff after a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by NetSuite by Oracle. 
As your business grows, you might start seeing some lag. There's too much work for your team, too many different processes, and it takes forever to close the books. If this sounds like you, you should know these three numbers, 37,000, 25, and one. 37,000 is the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. It's a cloud financial system that can help streamline accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25, that's how many years NetSuite has been helping businesses do more with less. And one, because your one-of-a-kind business deserves a customized solution for your KPIs. It's like when you come here for this podcast or when you check out your favorite website to gather all the info you need to make better decisions for your fantasy leagues. Well, NetSuite does that for your business and then some. It's one efficient system, one source of truth with everything you need to grow. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash ringer. That is netsuite.com slash ringer. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. What up, world? It's Vic Spencer, and you're listening to The Full Goal with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. As we wrap this thing up here on The Full Goal Podcast, uh, I did a stint with Big Ten Radio on Sirius XM a few years back. And it was me and my main man, Anthony Heron. We did the morning show. Um, we, we It was called Big Ten in the morning or Big Ten AM or something. I don't know, some clunky not very creative title to a show that no one was listening to outside of, you know, a couple of people in Columbus, Ohio, who were in jail. Uh, but Anthony Heron and I had a great time on this show. We talked, we talked everything and we kind of tried to tie it back into big 10 life or big 10 happenings. And the year that, uh, Dwayne Haskins was tearing up the big 10 and tearing up college football, uh, Anthony and I were doing the show and we talked about it. We talked about his Heisman candidacy. We talked about the numbers that he was putting up that hadn't been seen since Drew Brees in the Big Ten. Um, and then he was drafted. Dwayne Haskins was drafted by the Washington football team and that thing did not go well. A lot was said about Dwayne Haskins' demeanor and his work ethic and you know all the things that are said about quarterbacks who just don't... Um, who don't reach the potential or the expectations maybe that others have for him. He then goes to the Pittsburgh Steelers, and you figure, all right, he's running out of chances here, but if he's talented, he's going to get his shot, and hopefully when he gets his shot, he takes that opportunity and runs with it. We're never going to know. We're never going to know if this young man was going to take his opportunity and run with it with another team because, um, sadly, Dwayne Haskins passed away tragically after being hit by a car uh, in Florida, if I'm not mistaken, working out with uh, teammates uh, from the Pittsburgh Steelers, wide receivers and running backs, uh, going down there, have, getting a workout in with, the, with you guys and, you know, trying to get your offseason um, heated up, you know, turned up in terms of just getting your work in. And he gets hit by a, a, uh, a car and tragically passes away. Uh, I'll just say this. 
Um, 24 is, is a uh, way too young for anybody to be leaving this earth. And I believe that's how old he was. If I'm not mistaken, Jesse, correct me on that. Um, and as we look back on it, you know, the video that's circulating of him taking the tour of the Ohio State campus and the Ohio State locker room and him saying that this is where he was going to go to college, it breaks my heart because he's in that video. He's somewhere around seven, eight years old, and he knew um, he knew what he wanted to do and he knew what he wanted to be. And when I see that or hear that from any young person, uh, it makes me think of one you know, myself and other people who got a chance to do what they wanted to do from a very early age, very young age. Uh, this young man, unfortunately, like I said, will not be able to see his dream through because he is no longer here with us. So the, our condolences go out to his family and his friends and all the people that uh, knew and loved him. Ryan Shazier, uh, uh, an Ohio State guy, uh, and also a guy who uh, knew Dwayne Haskins, a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers family forever. You know, Ryan, uh, a guy who I've done the NFL Ringer feed podcast for uh, and with uh, over this last year. I saw his Instagram story. Um, this has sent ripples and shockwaves through the NFL community, through the Ohio State community and through the Pittsburgh Steelers community. So uh, I'll tell you this, as we sit around wasting time worried about things that aren't important or should be of less importance to us, uh, always remember that you, you get another chance to do it, which is, um, which is the best gift you could possibly get. Uh, another chance every day, another chance every morning to, if you want to write whatever wrongs happened the day before, or if you want to attack whatever goals you had from the day before that you didn't get done, whatever the case may be, every single day is a gift. And at 24 years old, a young man's life full of promise, full of expectation, uh, you know, full of uh, full of life comes to an end. So um, I hate when we have to put things in perspective when someone dies or there's a national tragedy. I try not to do that because I want to be able to put things in perspective when those things are happening. Right. But in this moment, uh, if you're listening to this, you get another chance to do whatever it is you didn't get accomplished the day before. You get another chance to um, be good to the people that maybe you you felt like you haven't been as good to. So uh, for Dwayne Haskins, rest in peace to him. And our condolences go out to the Big Ten family, the Ohio State family, the Pittsburgh Steelers family, and more importantly, his family and friends as well. The Full Goal with Jason Goff. All right, that's all the time we have for episode 88 of the Full Go Podcast with Jason Goff. Join us on Tuesday as we recap the White Sox home opener versus the Mariners. And as always, don't forget you can hit us up on the Full Go voicemail line at 773-359-3103. Anything that's on your mind, you drop it there. Hopefully it's funny. Hopefully it's interesting. Hopefully it's thought-provoking. Or if you just want to be a jerk, 773-359-3103 is the phone. I want to say thank you to our producers, Steve Cerruti, the shadowy figure known as Steve Cerruti, and the always active Jesse Lopez. For the fellas, I am Jason Goff. Thanking you for listening to this thing, subscribing to this thing, sharing it, rating and reviewing it, downloading all of it, making sure that you tell your friends and tell a friend's Thank you so much. We appreciate you. Thank you for everything that you do for this pod. For the fellas, I'm Jason Goff. 
This has been The Full Go with Jason Goff, brought to you by The Ringer and, of course, Spotify is the gang. As always, we leave you with this. Take care of each other and be safe.